This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And on this Tuesday program, plenty of highlights from last night's game with the USF men's basketball team. It loses to UAB, a very good Blazers team, and will play St. Joseph's tonight in Daytona Beach for third place in that event and, of course, looking for their first win of the season. We'll have dueling basketball going on tonight. We'll explain the setup for you as far as the broadcast goes. We'll also have more Byron Brown highlights. We had all 21 of his past completions yesterday, so we'll throw in a run or two that you'll enjoy, I think, especially with some Sam Barrington commentary as Mr. Brown was named to the American Athletic Conference Weekly Honor Roll. Pretty cool for a freshman in his first start. Of course, we're continuing to get ready for the war on I-4 this week. And as we continue along and get closer to Saturday night's kickoff, we will start to, in fact, on Thanksgiving Day, we'll not have any live programming, so we'll replay plenty of the recent wars on I-4 for sure. So to get you fired up for that one, we've got a lot happening this week. We've got women's basketball tonight. We'll preview the game against New Hampshire in our second block. We'll also give you some Elena Chinecki highlights and Carla Brito highlights as the Bulls for a second time. They're two for two in sweeping the major conference honors when it comes to women's basketball. Apologies, by the way, for the slight nasally content of my voice. I've had a very minor cold. Not holding me back or anything like that. We'll be on the microphone tonight. Probably a good thing that Bridget Miranda, though, is going to be on the other side of the court because she will be working with Jim Locke for the TV call as the women's basketball team looks to go to 6-0 tonight against New Hampshire. We'll get to basketball in a second, along with those football highlights that I know you will enjoy. Now, yesterday, since we, again, did not do a show on Friday, we sort of did a on-the-court, on-the-field recap. We never got to a couple of items, and usually that Monday show is filled with highlights. I did not mention this and definitely wanted to, and this story was posted late last week on GoUSFBulls.com. B.J. Daniels and Lindsey Brower, who is a former women's soccer player, are taking over leadership of the Bulls Varsity Club. You can find full details on GoUSFBulls.com. Essentially, it's open to all former USF student-athletes for a $120 yearly donation to any athletics program or the Bulls Club. You get into special events. You get to network, of course, with current and former Bulls. And if you want to head to GoUSFBulls.com, you can find out how to become a part of it. There is going to be a varsity club tailgate starting at 430 ahead of the UCF football game on Himes Avenue right across from Raymond James Stadium. So again, for more details, head up GoUSFBulls.com. Also there, you can see a few more stories on recent signees. We, again, had just way too many to give you name by name. But, for example, both golf programs announcing a little bit more on their recruits for the men's team. We've got three, and these are, again, made official as they've signed their national letters of intent. Incoming members, of course, another Swede, Wilhelm Riding, great name, is one of the three. Another is a transfer from Kennesaw State, Brock Healy, and a freshman from right here in Vero Beach, James Hassel. For the women, the very international flavor to Erica Brennan's team continues to exist with a native of Portugal, Ana da Costa Rodriguez. She's been a member of the Portuguese national team since 2017. And from France, Emma Falcher, or maybe it's Falche, F-A-L-C-H-E-R. Nice quote on GoUSFBulls.com said, I had a big crush on USF and contacted the coaches right away. They are great people. I can vouch for that, by the way. And last week, Brian Gregory officially announced his signing class for next season. Three individuals, 
Miles Chi, Tyler Ringgold, and Anthony Robinson. Chi is out of Anaheim, a 6'3 point guard. Ringgold is a 6'7 wing from Baton Rouge, who is now in Greenville, South Carolina, was getting offers from Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Clemson, and Houston. And Anthony Robinson goes 6'10", another player originally from Georgia, but now is attending school in North Carolina, and again was getting offers from the likes of solid programs, Akron, Missouri State, St. Louis. And again, GoUSFBulls.com has all of those details. We can tell you that today, being a Tuesday, and this will be the last one of the season, we will have live for you the Daniel DePrado press conference, but we will stick with it. Normally, we cut away as far as live broadcasting goes with the student-athletes, but we'll stick around and let you hear basically the first public comments by Byron Brown. So that'll start today at around 11.45. And yes, I know you're probably looking for some coaching news scoop I can tell you that the likelihood is that whoever is going to be the next head football coach of the Bulls not going to be announced until after the game. But the game is Saturday night. Don't be shocked if it's, for example, revealed on Sunday because of that timeline. Hey, if you want to go back to our unloaded page, that's Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, SoundCloud, and or Spotify. Just type Bulls Unlimited Unloaded. You can listen back to previous shows. In fact, the Brian Gregory Show, which we won't run again on the stream because... He was talking about the upcoming game, which we'll get to in just a little bit. But specifically, Around the American was a 20-minute show that we had on the channel. But if you missed it, full recaps of the NCAA soccer matches, basketball, and, of course, football. We tell you exactly the cost of UCF losing to Navy. It's funny. Last Tuesday, when the college football rankings came out, the Knights didn't really move up that much after beating Tulane. They had the emoji like, you know, disrespect. Oh, they'll definitely be looking at the rankings this week, but cannot expect to get any love in them after that loss to Navy. Essentially what it means, and again, you want the full details hit up around the American with that recap, but UCF went from in control of being able to host the championship game to having no chance to host and needing help, some via the rankings, also via Houston maybe losing to Tulsa. That would be the other possibility, and hey, it is a possibility. But yeah, UCF is going to have to either have Tulsa beat Houston. Of course, the Knights have to beat the Bulls, which would be great to prevent them from doing. But assuming there's a three-way tie with UCF, Houston, and the Cincy two-lane loser, it would come down to rankings. And I just think the Knights are in a difficult spot there because they'd have to essentially be ahead of the Cincy two-lane loser. And even though they have a win over whoever that team would be, the overall record now is not going to favor them. The ironic part is Houston only exists to gum up UCF's chances of making the championship game. Houston, of course, being the team that knocked off East Carolina last week and has not played since he or UCF and lost to Tulane. So they're not going to have a win over any team they could be tied with. It's just too bad that the tiebreakers aren't working out for the Knights, but they really hurt themselves with that loss to Navy. The Bulls, of course, had some moments, mostly on offense, against Tulsa, and Byron Brown was awarded by the conference with one of just five spots on the weekly honor roll. The Offensive Player of the Week he wasn't going to get because unless you you know throw for 10 touchdowns, if you're on the losing side, you're not going to get honored as the Player of the Week. It went to Michael Pratt of Tulane. But Byron Brown, now we played all of his completions via the air, all 21 of them on yesterday's show. If you missed it, it's on the unloaded page. So here, how about one of his runs, which featured one of the great lines... More to come on Sam Barrington, but in this case, speaking specifically about Brian Brown late 
in the first quarter. 33-yard return, first and 10 Bulls on their own 37-yard line. Batty, the running back, Willis in motion. Keeper, Brown, he gets past a man, he gets down the sideline, and Byron Brown is off to the races. He'll be pushed out of bounds inside the Tulsa 30-yard line. And here's the thing. They looked at Byron Brown on film last week and said, you know what, this guy's not a runner. So the quarterback running the ball won't be a threat for her this week. And you were wrong. Byron Brown is a young guy. He still has fresh legs, and he can get out and run. He had to do it in high school, had a ton of yards rushing on the high school level. So he's one of those tall guys with a long running gait, and they have to watch out for Byron Brown running the ball. Bulls ran for 259 with Brown going for 76 of them, including a rushing touchdown. And we also have added now two new sound drops to our library. First from Sam Barrington. And you were wrong. And also from the last pregame segment, this from Joey Johnston. I've got some nice long johns. Fortunately, he just needed those down on the sideline, of course, for that one game. It shouldn't be that cool this Saturday night at Raymond James, you wouldn't think. One more highlight. Now, yesterday we featured Byron Brown, of course, with the 21-for-21 start. And we figured Brian Batty would make the weekly honor roll. But we'll give him continuous love here and... This was a highlight that if you missed it, it happened late in the game, so it would have been around 1 a.m. Saturday morning. A great final touchdown for the Bulls and commentary from Mr. Barrington. Second and 10 from the 21-yard line. Batty, the running back, another low snap. Pitch to Batty. He's got blockers. Cuts it inside to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, South Florida. Brian Batty, 21 yards. And the Bulls close in once again. It's 48-41 to 41 with 2.49 to go. Yeah. He, his running style is disrespectful, in my opinion. I mean, guys think they can tackle this guy, and they, they just can't. I mean, he makes so many guys miss in the open field. It very work done like a, I haven't seen many guys this shifty on the college level. And he does it week in and week out. That's one of the things that made him such a great kick returner. But this guy's just a phenomenal football player all around. You got that right. And the Bulls, again, one more game left in the season. Last night on the channel, it was men's basketball. We've got highlights. Bulls against UAB in Daytona Beach. And the Bulls were off to a hot start. Right side, here's Harris. He catches. He fires on the move. That's good. And it's a three ball for Tyler Harris. He hits his first triple. And you like to see Tyler Harris get off to a good start. He has shown the ability of breaking out in the last couple of games. 8-7 UAB, almost three minutes gone. Here's Selton Miguel, he puts it on the floor, through contact, off the window, good! Selton Miguel went right through UAB. The Bulls are four for four from the floor. You figured the other team would have an answer and UAB got a lot of offensive rebounds en route to scoring the next 11 points and a 19-10 lead. In fact, it got up to 26-15. It was teetering in the wrong direction right at the midway point of the first half before a freshman guard got the Bulls on a quick spurt. Here come the Bulls. UAB pressing on a missed free throw. Bulls get it into the front court. Conwell with it now. 2-3 zone out of the Blazers. Tyler Harris on the logo. Dribbling left side. Back to the top to Sam Hines. Swings around to Conwell. He's going to load up a long distance three. Bingo! Ryan Conwell, the lefty, knocks down the triple from long range, his fourth of the year. The Bulls needed that in the worst way. They cut it from 11 to 8. Ryan Conwell, the freshman, with a nice-looking three-pointer. We talk about this all the time, but that's the weapon that the three-point shot can do for you. You can make up ground in a hurry. Here's a pass inside to Brewer. 
Tries to pass out, taken away by Jameer Chaplin. Bulls have numbers, three on two. Chap, Hero steps his way all the way to the basket and in, and five quick ones for the green and gold of USF. Gaines on the right wing, long and lanky guard to the elbow. It's Brewer, turns, fires, misses. Rebound underneath by Ryan Conwell. Here come the Bulls. Conwell pushes in the front court. Now to Sam Hines on the left wing. Thought about the jump shot. Enters it in down low to Russell Chiwa. He's in his office, goes to work. Goes back to the left hand, off the window and in. Jemison was overplaying to his right, so Russ reversed course and laid it in. 26-22, it's a 7-0 run. And that's three straight made field goals by the Bulls who are having their best offensive sequence of this game. It's cut to four now. And that's around where the first half would end, 42-37. A lot thanks to Sam Hines Jr., who's been getting a start for Keyshawn Bryant. If you've missed that development, Bryant has a medical issue that they're continuing to try and figure out, unfortunately, a guy that was obviously doing a lot of good things and thrilling the crowd with his highlight dunks has been out of the lineup, but man has Hines been doing some work, including last night in the first half. To Tyler Harris, nobody guards him, he fires a three. Good, Tyler Harris from way downtown, his second of the game, and the Bulls are back to a five-point deficit. Well, you can see why Tyler Harris comes in with a great reputation for shooting, and it looks like over the last three games he's found his rhythm, and he's a big weapon for the Bulls right now. Well, watching him in practice the last two and a half days, he made everything. Four and a half minutes to go first half. Harris looking to split two guys, gets it to Conwell. Now he jump stops in the paint. Back out to Sam Hines. He loads up a three. Got it! Sam Hines, a triple. His second make from beyond the arc this year, and the Bulls are right there, down four with 4.10 to go before the break. Walker comes over to guard. He gets a screen, goes around two guys. Floater in the paint by Tyler, didn't go. Sam Hines came in over everybody. He came from the pier and dunked on top of the UAB defense. Cutting it to five now, 38-33. Sam Hines with an offensive rebound. Baseline move, now back to Harris. He's going to load up a three left wing. Around the rim and out. Battle for the rebound. Grabbed by Sam Hines. Johnny on the spot. Put back, and it's 42-37. Another offensive rebound put back by Sam Hines, keeping the Bulls close. It's 42-37, Blazers. Sam Hines already with 10 points in this game. And the game very much within range at the break. Second half, UAB would come out with the first couple of buckets, including a three, and just like that, it would be 47-37. to 37. So the Bulls were always in that having to come back from a big margin sort of territory, and it only got up even further as it was 60-44 to 44 with about 12 minutes to go. Mentioned Tyler Harris. He had a big part in their comeback efforts. And Miguel looks to turn the corner, drives right to the paint, off the window and in. That running right-handed layup high off the window, He's been doing that all year, and he continues to do it again today. Outlet to Selton Miguel, runs it into the front court. He's got Russell Chiwa down there. Instead, he goes to Harris, wide open in the corner. Three ball, corner pocket. Tyler Harris, his third of the game. A big one right there, and it's back to 12. Well, after the struggles that Tyler had early in the season, 0 for 15 from three, he seems to have buried all that. He's playing with a lot of confidence. Brewer to Tony Tony. Jump stop in the paint. Back out to Brewer. Wide open for three. That's off the rim. Battle for the rebound. And coming over the back is Javian Davis and Corey Walker with another good box out down low. Boy, he has done the dirty work today. Why do I have this feeling that if you do the dirty work, that's really good in the eyes of Brian Gregory. He just likes guys that do those type of things. Yeah, and that's why Sam Hines is so yeah. well thought of because he does a lot of little things. Harris catch and shoot three right side. Bingo! Tyler Harris. And I mean, he didn't have that in his hands, but for a quarter of a second, he let it fly. This was a 17-point game. Now it's a nine-point game. He now has 17 points. That is a season high. 
So that was the first big push to get it to 62 to 53. And then Selton Miguel would take over and get the margin down to six. Off to Corey Walker. He's wide open. Launches a high arcing jumper. Too strong. Long rebound. He follows it. Gets it back. Now Selton Miguel. He's open for three. Let's it fly. Yes! Boy, did they need that one. Big bucket there with eight minutes to go. It's 64-56. These bulls won't go away. Jemison grabs it on the block, drop step, runs into a lot of contact, throws up a wild shot, and Selton Miguel gets a rebound. Here come the Bulls on a run out. Miguel dribbling right down the paint. Ball fake, finger roll good. Miguel goes coast to coast. But then, unfortunately, you might know what's coming. A couple of moments here that really sum up. And again, you just heard great effort, wonderful offense, going up against a good opponent, hanging around. And then when the opponent has nothing to do with what's happening, namely when you're at the free throw line, Stuff like this happens again. See the look in his eye that he, he wants the ball. He's at the free throw line where he's a career 85% shooter. Seven for 10 so far this season, and he missed that one. Of all the things that's driven him crazy this season, it's the free throws that might be the worst because he knows he's a tremendous free throw shooter. It just hopped around the rim and out. Great free throw shooters hate missing free throws. Because it doesn't happen very often. Personal insult. Yeah. Second free throw by Harris. That one missed as well. Not. Sh I, I would like. I don't have this stat. How many times has he gone 0 for two yeah. on the line? Hit Probably the line not very many right. in his career. Right. He just did there with an 11 point game. Eight and a half minutes to go. That is a big bagel. So Russ will go to the line. Well, he missed the big front end of a one and one about a minute ago. He'll get one here. Eight points, four rebounds for Russ. Free throw, no good. That's four points left at the line in an eight-point game. And by my count, the Bulls have missed uh, six of their last seven free throw attempts. That sums it up. I know it's it's almost cruel to boil down an entire team to, well, they can't shoot free throws, therefore they're bad. I mean, it's not the case. But this was uh, a game where it didn't end up being the same small margin at the end, but as you can hear, you know, should have been underneath five and have a chance at another game at the end. The Bulls' first four losses, average margin of defeat was fewer than four points. Last night it ended up being 80-65, to 65. and yeah, Coach Gregory went right to that critical juncture of missed free throws. Uh, we take a, a, a very difficult shot. Luckily we, we, we get the offensive rebound on that one. Uh, and then we miss another front front end of a of a of a one on one. You know, we, we get a defensive stop, and unfortunately, instead of throwing the ball long, we throw it underneath the basket. Now they're back up by by ten in, in that particular case. So that 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 you know that that occurs at the six seven minute mark. Missed two free throws, missed two one on ones. Had a turnover. You know, had that that, that second turnover, and that you know goes a two possession game. Now it's ten or eleven with three minutes to go, and it's just with, with, with their guard play, it's going to be hard to come back on that at that particular time. So was Tyler Harris, you know, shooting the lights out and then intentionally missing at the free throw line, and therefore it's bad coaching? Of course not. Tyler Harris scored 22 points, but the Bulls were 4 for 9 at the line in the second half. It was Celta Miguel with 14 points for the Bulls. By the way, Harris 5 of 10 from three-point land. Sam Hines Jr., 5 for 9, 12 points, also added 6 rebounds for the Bulls. Jameer Chaplin only scored the one bucket. That was the missing element for USF. Usually he's a little more consistent. Russ Chiwa, 8 points and 4 rebounds, but 4 of 8 at the line, and really not much off the bench outside of Corey Walker. 
two points and seven rebounds. And as you heard, some glue guy type of stuff. See if the Bulls can stick together. Sorry about the pun. As they'll look to get the first win of the season tonight against St. Joseph's. The Hawks had a rough one last night against Georgia. Eric Reynolds, their fantastic guard, who was an A-10 all-rookie member, struggled from the floor to just 3 of 12, no three-pointers. He usually hits more than that. So they had three guys only score 10 points. They were 2 for 16 at the line. They were down at the break 38-15 as Georgia ended the half on a 20-2 run. St. Joe's would get it to around 10, but never closer and lost 66-53. Bulldogs of 4-1 will play UAB in the final. St. Joseph's 2-2. Two that's who the Bulls get in the third place game. And again, we'll have that coverage for you starting at 6 o'clock. That will be on Bulls Unlimited. And again, the women's game will be on Strike HD2, plus a special streamable link that we'll send out for you multiple times. Speaking of multiple times, there's only been two weeks to the college basketball season, and both times the women have had the player of the week in the conference and the freshman of the week. Elena Chinecki, you knew, was going to get the former as the Bulls beat Alabama And I know it's way early to look at stuff like this, but I always love doing it. And that is Alabama is a team that in Charlie Cream, who is the women's version of Joe Lenardi as far as basketball goes and predicting the field, and he's always very good. Alabama is the last team in the field. So in other words, an NCAA tournament team and one that, by the way, yesterday in the Bahamas was putting it on Utah for a bit before the very good and still undefeated 17th ranked Utes ended up edging them 93 to 86. But back to the Bulls and Elena Chinecki against Alabama. She had 22 points and then was also key, making a big shot late to hold off TCU. Some of L's highlights. Now, Chinecki with Parker on her. Bulls up seven. Oh, get the play. biggest lead. Chinecki drives to the hoop. Parker can't handle her. 52 to 43 with 640 to go. Chinecki's so crafty with the basketball, right? She's got that hesitation and then quick second step. Rito right back to Wilson. 13 on the shot clock. Dulcia high screen. For Chinecki to shoot a three, good! Elena Chinecki with a big old smile. She's got 21 points, and the lead is back up to nine. Now Chinecki with 15 on the shot clock, 32 on the game. Behind her back, looks at the shot clock. Johansson wants the, the ball from Chinecki, and she's going to draw the foul, and TCU fans don't like it. That is red. Chinecki really wanted to take that ball, so I think Elena is officially in beast mode. 110 to go. they got to watch out for Taiwo. Skip pass, fakes the three. Drives in on Wilson. Good looking drive and score it. 58 56. An 11-0 run for a team that didn't score for six minutes. 48 seconds. Chinecki's gonna drive right away. Lays it in, breaks the drought. I thought that was gonna rim out. I probably undersold the drama there, which is not like me, but it was more relief because again, that was a scary looking situation before, yes, your conference player of the week, Elena Chinecki, who was also clutch at the free throw line, averaged 21 and a half points in two games, took it over. USF 5-0, UCF 2-0, and then you got a handful of conference teams, either 3-1 and or in the case of East Carolina, 4-1. and Carla Brito was the freshman of the week for a second straight time. She's been in the starting lineup for the entire season for the Bulls. Averaged 10 rebounds per game, 7.5 points. She was 0 for 7 from the floor against Bama, but made some nice shots early. Was really the best offensive player against TCU in the first quarter anyway. She also had what I am campaigning for, should have been an assist here, 
In fact, it was. And that one is off the mark, and Priscilla Williams does a nice job of walking out for the rebound. Pushes the other way to Brito. She sees Wilson flying in for the hoop and rims in. That was not a clean layup by any stretch, but a nice find by Brito. By the way, Wilson with five points. Janecki with 11. Brito with eight to go with six rebounds. And they did not give her an assist for that. Brito, come on. Pun for the review. It was awarded to Emma Johansson, who was on the floor like in the middle of that. So I think that'll get corrected. No big deal. But as you heard, it's something I just kind of noticed at the time and made sure to point out to the folks that could get that stuff changed. Regardless, she and the Bulls tonight hosting New Hampshire, Yingling Center, 7 o'clock. Again, we'll be on the strike 1025 HD. I saw that the USF Women's Basketball Twitter page went ahead and put out the proper link, so we appreciate them doing that. New Hampshire is 2-3, and three, one of their wins against Colby Sawyer. 83-24, a Colby Sawyer team that lost to Colby College recently, 61-19. Against the one opponents, all from the Northeast, they are 1-3, including a 20-point loss at Siena in their most recent outing, a 12-point home defeat to Northeastern. New Hampshire has never made the NCAA tournament and only has eight players that have played, so you would think that the Bulls would be able to wear them out tonight, and we'll have the broadcast for you tonight on Strike 102.5 with the men on Bulls Unlimited. Tomorrow's show will be our last of the week. We'll have highlights of both of those games along with clips from the press conference today that, again, will carry live. No shows on Thanksgiving and or Black Friday. I would imagine you guys will have other things to do, but we'll have plenty of live play-by-play, trust me, this week. Thanks for listening to Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp.